Hi everybody, welcome back to the first series of the Arkety podcast. If you've listened to the previous episode and are here for some more, thank you and welcome back. And if you're joining us for the first time, then welcome. I'm Paris, the founder of Arkety and the host of the Perspectives podcast. I started Arkety towards the end of 2020 when I noticed the need for access and inclusivity in architectural and interiors events and better knowledge about the dozens of events that are out there each and every week. Arkety is a new platform created for the architecture and design industry to help connect all of those in it to knowledge, people and inspiration. Over the course of this series, I will be speaking to a number of different people across the industry and exploring how they approach networking and events in the context of their career and life's passions. Each represents some of the many different perspectives that we find throughout the industry, from race to youth to a more experienced point of view event attendees and event providers, content creators and avant-garde designers who look to the future. Hopefully we can listen and learn from each other, expanding our journeys as designers and creators and discover a better understanding of how networking in this industry can be transformed. In this episode, we speak to Rachel Hymas of the platform for creatives, If Not Now, Then When. Rachel is a successful designer who created If Not Now, Then When in 2017. Through the platform, she creates events, hosts podcasts and explores collaborations in order to inspire designers, often giving a chance for the individual to gain access to well-known names in the industry. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode and are inspired by what you hear. So hello, welcome to Rachel Hymas from If Not Now Then When. Um, Hey Paris. Hi, she's going to be (laughs) joining us for this episode of um, the Arkety podcast. Um, so welcome Rachel. Thanks for having me. Obviously we've known each other for a very long time but uh, I'm very excited about what you're doing and I'm very excited to be a part of it as well. And we're super excited to have you because um, we are actually in awe of everything that you've done this past year or even few years Uh really leading up to this year so it's amazing to have you um, and it's amazing to to get your point of view on, on everything that's happening. So oh thanks. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a bit about where you are in your career and and what's been happening these last few years? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm going to say right now is please cut me off when I start to talk too much because I get really overexcited about these things. But um, (laughs) basically, for anyone who doesn't know, I studied architecture with Paris, which is very exciting. So obviously, that was quite a long time ago now. I only did my part one, but Paris obviously finished her degree fully. Um, I only did the first one. Um, And then to be honest, um, fast forward, I I then ended up going into interior side of things. And to be honest, if not now, then when kind of has been bubbling under the surface for about four years. And um, for me, at least it kind of started as a way to bring my friends together and and to build new connections with new people without there being kind of any um, reason why maybe they they're not allowed to come or or just just different things like that that kind of make you make you feel as though you're on the same level as everyone else and it it kind of like went from there where I found more and more people wanted to kind of get involved in it and and then it sort of transpired that I, I, I wanted to create it into something that was a lot more structured so at least like I wanted to retain the feel of of the events if not now then when really if anyone doesn't know is now is more of a platform for creatives to kind of inspire them to believe in themselves and I think that particularly at the moment there's a lot of people who are feeling very uneasy and and not sure about what they're doing next and 
it kind of started for me at least in, in a, an events sort of perspective in that actually I think networking is an incredibly powerful tool and I'll kind of get into the reasons behind that a bit later on but I just think that for me at least I, I really wanted to bring people together and it to be something almost kind of like a, a little like house party vibe you know like just something where like you can come and yeah. it doesn't matter who you are like you bring a friend uh, they could also contribute something or maybe they can't contribute anything at all in regards to what you know or what you want to know but actually to be honest with you they have a completely different skill set that's that's so you know even that you just find them really interesting and you make friends with people as well as business relationships because I think that business relationships should go a lot deeper than that because you've essentially got a connection with another person who is in the same industry as you because they also love it and I think that's kind of what it was about as like a basis really was about making friends um so it was about that connectivity and, and connecting people beyond just I'm an architect, you're an architect, and this is a product yeah. or something. Um, so I've attended a few of, if not now, then when of um, actual events. Uh, right now, you've you've diverged the brand into many different uh, hats in a sense. <laughs> uh, but originally, it did start off as this events um, yeah. production and I have attended them and, and it was inspiring to see just so many people from different sides of the industry uh, kind of come together and, and not be sold a product but also be uh, told about a story and, and told about a journey. Um, yeah. So I think for you um, what you've given to a lot of people in the industry is that connectivity, it's that oh, understanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah behind a person's journey and I think that's the great thing about if not now then when and, and you have uh you know taken that to the next level now and you've you've made it into a recognized yeah. brand that that people are really starting to pay attention to oh thanks I think it's just really powerful to kind of you know there's people that I aspire to be like because I'm inspired by them but actually in reality there's there's absolutely no reason apart from hard work and consistency why I can't at least have a go at, at, at achieving the things that are in my mind obviously there's things like financial backing and various of the things that are obstacles in your way but actually they're obstacles in in life that you you cannot get rid of and and actually sometimes you can't see them as roadblocks you have to just find a way to navigate around them otherwise you'll do nothing and yeah. you know then you'll or, I mean you only get one life you know and I think that actually so many people are, even like yourself you know you're so you're so intelligent and the things that you've achieved you're probably unaware of them to me I find it incredibly inspiring and, well, and I think you. that actually it's very hard to look at yourself in that way and I think that teaching people that the people that you are inspired by at one point in their lives were like you but they actually did something about it I think is just quite a powerful kind of way of almost leveling out and putting everyone on the same same level really yeah, um, that makes that makes total sense you know it's giving people um the tools and and, and the mindset that they can do this um, yeah one thing I want to kind of uh, go back to a little bit is that so you studied architecture and then you, you moved into design. <laughs> yeah. um, do you want to just tell people about that change and that transition and maybe why you chose to do architecture and why you moved into interior design and how that affected, uh, you know, how you move through the industry in a sense? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like I've never really known what I wanted to do, but I've always found that it's been like times that have happened that have then ended up making me do things. So basically I ended up going to a party and I met one of my brother's friends at this party who told me that the company that he was working for was actually uh, sponsoring people's degrees. And I was like, that sounds amazing. I love architecture. Um, I was really interested in it. And I basically applied 
thinking that I kind of wouldn't get it. And I ended up basically, long story short, getting my degree sponsored, which was incredible. And, and actually the company that I worked for, RPS, the, the people are are amazing. And they really were the backbone that kind of formed my my career, to be honest, because my, my directors, I won't sort of go into naming names, but they were such amazing people. And I was there for six years, which was a really long period of time to say it was my first job after school. Um, and that was throughout my my journey of becoming an, an architect part one. And, and if I'm honest with you, it was incredibly difficult because I was working basically full time. So five days a week. Um, but then I had one day day release for uni. Um, and that only happened when there was lectures. And yeah. I had to do all of my degree work after between my nine to five job, basically. And um, it was it was it was really hard, but it taught me a lot about hard work. I ended up having a sabbatical from work for a year where I traveled the world and did all these exciting things. And, you know, I'd saved a bit of money during the time that I was working. And for me, it was just a way. I went to Australia <laughs> and worked in Steve Irwin Zoo. That was really yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I was a zookeeper and it's literally like on my CV. It's like one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that time. <laughs> and uh, to be honest with you that going on and on and on I basically wrote my dissertation about the connection between interior and exterior spaces and I basically like had that I think it's just a really powerful thing to give yourself a bit of a timeout because I never ever do and I think that timeout for me was like a moment of reflection of thinking actually I don't really see myself as becoming an architect I love architecture and I'm so proud of being part of that world because I think it's such an interesting one but actually giving myself that time, I realized that actually interiors was much more interesting to me. And actually sort of down the line now, I'm kind of more on the furniture side of things as sort of my, my job that I do alongside, if not now than when. And I think for me, at least like I love products and I love that kind of side of things too. So um, it's weird how you kind of uh, transition between things, but that's basically the reason, the reason why. And uh, that's when I moved down to London actually as well. So that's my little life story. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapped up into a nice bow. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So when you when you did kind of move down to London, um, what did you think about the interior industry scene and, um, you know, the networking, the events, the trade shows? What what was your impression of it and, and what did you find when you got down here? To, to be honest with you, basically, I uh, I'm from like a small town. I went to the uni that was quite local to me because the company that I worked for obviously sponsored my degree. And it was an amazing university, but it was definitely not being in London or like a major city and I was I I'd traveled quite a lot like when I was younger and things like on little holidays and, and stuff like that but I'd say that traveling for me was amazing because I, I've always been really open to meeting new people and so interested by their stories and stuff but it kind of if I'm honest with you I came I came back and I really really wanted to meet so many new people from these different backgrounds and I just kind of wasn't feeling like I was getting that in the environment that I was in and I love where I am at home but I think I just really wanted to meet new people and moving to London for me was yeah. amazing because I actually was I don't know you meet people in there they're in design and they're in like different companies and they work they're from different places and I love that and I just found that I was I thought that when I moved down to London that I wouldn't see the same person twice and actually what I thought was amazing was actually you've got a group of people who are from everywhere and they've done everything and they're so interesting group of people like you'd have five people together and they're none of them from the same place and yeah. um I found it just amazing from that respect but then I also found that there was a lot of events that were very shut off and you weren't invited to them and uh, that to be honest is kind of why I started if not now then when and that's of no sort of disrespect at all because obviously you can't invite everyone to everything but um, 
there was that kind of level where you had to have achieved something to be invited to something or be known maybe to go to things so I think that was kind of like two prongs really it's interesting I think um I had a similar thing um in that when I started I was in architecture um and I found that when I moved into interiors so I now work for an interior architecture company um I still do some of the architecture side of things because I'm an architect but um, I do work for an interior focused company and I got invited to so many more events being at this mm. company because we're quite a well-known company we have a certain level of prestige in the industry and I got invited to maybe I, I would say I get invited to maybe about 30 events a week at this at this um, company compared <laughs> to the company and I think there is some of that elitism in in the interior design and the product design and the architecture industry where it's like if you if you come from a more prestigious company or if you're in with the right crowd you'll get invited to these events mm. and if you're not you just have no idea that these events are even on or that they even exist so yeah. uh, it's interesting to me that you you've kind of also found the same thing but also had the layer of um you know coming from the midlands or somewhere and coming down and going from a smaller um yeah. people into a larger group of people um, so you've had like a dual experience almost where you've come from the outside in and then once you're in there you're like oh my god this is so amazing <laughs> oh my god I like burn myself out by like going to every event humanly possible I think I went to like I can't remember how many I, I, I think I just love meeting new people and I all I completely agree with what you're saying and I think for me at least I think there's uh, I won't sort of go into it in too much detail but I, I really really believe in equality for everybody and 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 like no matter your your race or your gender and obviously those are two very very prominent things at the moment which they really should be but I think for me at least I really stand for the whole thing of ageism because yeah. I actually think that that someone who is 20 years old who's straight out of uni and they've moved to a city you may not have the same amount of expertise as somebody who is 50 and also the other way around as well that actually everybody can learn from each other because everybody has a value and whether or not your what you have to offer maybe isn't as extensive in one side you may be really good at tech and actually it's just something that's ingrained in you because you're 20 years old and you grew up in the environment where there's phones everywhere whereas somebody older than you maybe can learn something from you and I just I think I really want to flatten it out completely and just think yeah. you know what it doesn't matter who you are everyone has something to offer blah blah, blah that kind of uh, I don't know <laughs> stumble up the pot and, and make sure that people are getting access to the things that they want to and I think but if not yeah. an event definitely does that like the event side of, of it and and even now oh, thanks, so, like the, um, the podcast especially um I, I've loved listening to you know series one and and now series two has started um and i think that's where you're starting to really jumble up the pot because we're getting to hear from and, and listen to the stories of some people that we would normally never have access to do you know what i mean like mm. ceos that you're speaking to oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> the owner of um tog the office group um who else i mean uh, Michael Anastasiades was like a oh my god like a fangirl moment um I think they all are to be honest like these people for me at least like I've reached out to the people who I'm inspired by and like they've actually given me their time and I just I mean they're just each and every person that's kind of involved in it from like the person who listens to it the person who sponsors like I've got to say Minotti London like I'm, I'm not even just plugging them they've they've sponsored the series two podcast and they gave me their space for one of the events and 
they have not stipulated one thing that I need to change. And, and I think for me, at least, I was always quite scared about making money from it because I really didn't want it to lose its integrity and its value. And I think the people that I've aligned myself with in regards to speakers or people that I'm trying to have as listeners and get involved and come along and, and all of that, they've, they've just been truly amazing. And um, yeah, for me, at least it's been, it's been really nice to kind of see a bit of development. Um, it's good because um, it means that the support is there from the elders in the industry. I mean, we, yeah. I'm not so young anymore. But um, oh god no! I feel like that. I'm like yeah, the young guys. <laughs> but no, you know that there are 21 year olds in the industry at the moment, and and I think the key thing, um, especially with architecture, it, interiors is slightly different. Product again, furniture is slightly different again. But definitely with architecture, there's an ageism thing where you know you're not seen as an architect until you're 50. You're not seen as a <laughs> Yeah. you're that age um and it's nice to know that there is a little bit of support out there from from the elders in the industry for the young people coming up and and trying to break down those barriers and make those connections and get on board mm. with the new way of doing things whilst still trying to keep hold of some of those traditions and cultures that make the industry what it is mm. um, so i think what what you're doing which is essentially connecting the the older generation or the more experienced generation i don't necessarily want to say older because there you you've had young people on your well, i think it's just being well. able to mentor people as well and yeah. i think that having a mentor to be honest like at my first job i had really a mentor and and it really shaped what i wanted to do next and the fact that he understood the reason why i wanted to leave and and actually also even so the next podcast that that is coming out um is with marianne Schillingford, and she is the creative director of dulux and aside from all of the things she's achieved actually i've known her for about eight or nine years and to me at least she's been such a mentor she's introduced me to so many people a lot of the speakers who've been involved and the sponsors have kind of come through her I wouldn't have known them otherwise and there's there's a lot of people kind of behind I, I feel like with if not now then when at least like it's not really about me it's kind of about like all of the people that have actually made it what it is if I mean not that it's anything particularly massive but it's just like I don't know it's really nice um it's quite heartwarming you know <laughs> no it's good I think then has it changed how you go out into the industry, perhaps the events that you attend, the things that you look for in an event. There's so many different types of events in the industry that are integral to how we work, how we're inspired, what we, what we do and, and how it informs mm. the places and spaces that we design. Um, do you find that now you have, uh, you know, you've created your own bubble in a sense of, of, um, of inspiration now when you go out into other places do you look for certain things or what are you trying to find you know if I'm totally honest with you I feel like I actually um, really find myself basically just give context for anyone listening me and Paris like love a good art gallery sesh and um, I feel like personally I love being inspired by things that are not actually within my realm yeah like I'm kind of architectural interiors blah blah but I love fashion and I'm so inspired by people who are on that side of things or like artists or like people who are on the like creative peripherals that actually all blurs together and I just think for me at least at the moment I'm finding that actually spanning that out and not putting yourself in a box mm. is actually really interesting as well um or at least that's kind of <clears throat> that's kind of what I've tried to diversify on like the podcast is like I tried to have it where like not even 
intentionally necessarily but like different ages different uh genders different um creative fields that people are in different races different backgrounds you know like and I think actually for me at least I get inspired by going to like a selection of things that are completely different maybe or at least that's what I'm trying to do anyway but that makes total sense I mean I think um you know we're definitely all going to be inspired by so many things outside of what our realm is within the architecture industry and Mm. it will only make our work you know better and greater and, and deeper and more layered for it um I think one of one of the interesting things about the industry at the moment is um, that the, all of the trade shows and all of the conferences and the festivals and stuff have had to move online and mm. inadvertently they've then become more accessible because more people can attend them because uh, they're not restricted by, you know, location or that feeling of, oh, I can't attend them. So at the moment, I think the main thing is that people just don't know about the um the events that are happening i think that's you know knowledge and that's what you're gonna do (laughs) what i'm trying to do um but it's interesting that you then say as well that you know the the types of events that you're attending aren't these industry events and they are other types of exhibitions you know art exhibitions photography exhibitions film um those kind of things that i know personally you and i have visited together Mm. Um, so even when i'm thinking about my own experiences it's the same you know I, i i do tend to look elsewhere um, but I, I do also try to attend some industry events for industry learning and understanding where the industry is heading at the moment. Um, it's an interesting balance. Yeah, I, I was going to say just like briefly is that I think that if you had a circle of five people who look the same, sound the same, the same age, they all went to the same school, they've studied the same thing and they're talking about the same subject. Mm-hmm you're never going to get like a really interesting conversation really and I think that for me at least like I just think that actually um I love being inspired by totally different mindsets and ideas and I think like the whole idea of like travel and stuff although obviously you can't really do it at the moment but I think it's so powerful because you meet different people with different ideas and I love I, I think I just really like people I always try and go to stuff that like I remember once I basically was waiting for my friend to fly in to Berlin and I was there on my own I was having breakfast and I'm, I really don't care about being on my own and I basically had breakfast in this little cafe on my own and this girl came in and she was like there's nowhere to sit do you mind if I sit with you so basically we ended up having breakfast together and her name was Alice which is the same name as my friend and we were just like chatting and then basically it turns out that she was an Italian photographer and she lived in Ireland and she was over in Berlin for like the weekend to look at this photography exhibition we spent the entire day together <laughs> Wow. yeah we went around all this photography exhibitions that I had absolutely no idea were even going on and genuinely we've seen each other a couple of times since and she introduced me to a load of her friends and then actually if you're open with an open mind to people to events to anything just go to stuff that like you you don't actually think you're even gonna like yeah because you'll surprise yourself and if you don't surprise yourself at least you know you hate it <laughs> yeah that's true it's a good mantra to have um, I mean, you've definitely always been a social butterfly. I think, you know, that what you've just said would be tips for anybody who perhaps doesn't feel like a, a sociable person. Um, you know, Rachel is good for, for tips on how, how to be <laughs> more sociable and how to network and get yourself into these uh, fun scenarios. I mean, I think everybody could probably say that in life if they, if they think about it for a moment. Um, there's always those situations and those scenarios where spontaneity has taken over and um, you found yourself in a place. I, I mean, it happens to me personally, when I go to the Caribbean, it tends to happen a lot. So you will be in one place with a person you know, 
some other person you have never met in your life so yeah. in said, let's go here and let's go do this and then next thing you know you know you're on the other side of the island and, and you're jumping off a waterfall or something like that like that stuff really tends to happen to me when I go um back home which for me is is in the Caribbean and uh, yeah I think some of having that spontaneity in England is a little bit difficult uh, because we are so focused on our careers and you know we we are kind of living that 1995 rat race and then hustling for the rest of the rest of the time <laughs> yeah so if you do allow you know a little bit of that spontaneous um lifestyle into your life um then you will network better you will meet people who inspire you you will be taken out of your comfort zone and you will find um some of these amazing events that will you know change your life possibly um you never know you can mm. meet your future employer you could meet your future business partner and, and who knows or you could just meet a really interesting person that you like talking to you know, yeah I, I don't know I think it's just such a powerful thing and with if not now then when at least I just thought so I, I was made redundant about two years ago and you know actually it, it, I loved where I used to work I loved it but actually for me it was such an interesting time because I learned so much about myself and actually I realized that actually a platform like kind of what I'm developing now was something that I required at least where people that I aspire to be like that I can kind of feel like I can connect with them a little bit better and actually feel as though I could be like that and actually what I'm sort of trying to develop at the moment is this thing called the toolkit which is essentially kind of about the concept which we were just talking about that if you believe in yourself enough and have like that value in yourself and what you were able to offer actually to be able to build something that you're doing whether or not that be go for like an interview or something that is as important as having a good cv and having like a good understanding of finances or a decent website and stuff because obviously those things are quite logistical and incredibly powerful tools that you need but what i'm kind of trying to like teach people as well as that is that actually if you don't have belief in yourself you're only going to go to that interview undersell yourself and come out with a wage that's half what you should really be on or or burn out because you promise too many things or like just I think it's a really interesting thing and actually I think if you have the belief that you have value to give that you're probably more likely to talk to someone in a coffee shop because you actually have something interesting to say and I don't know um self-confidence booster you know <laughs> I think that's good everybody needs a bit of confidence um, if they don't have yeah. it yeah uh yeah my next was what are, what are the goals for um if not now then when so I think you've kind of summed it up a little bit but if you want to you can go into it a little bit more yeah um, I think basically it's kind of teaching people that um that that they have a value and I think I, I what I really want to do is is be able to provide something that's kind of meaningful for people and and in a in a way kind of meaningful to me because I've gained massively out of it because I've spoken to people who I've idolized who have actually had the time to speak to me. And actually I've realized that each and every one of those people is so kind and giving with their time and, and that they are successful. Yes. But actually they're also creative minds that are trying to do something new and, and, and are excited about the future for themselves. And I think for me, at least my goal is to really ensure that I always retain integrity with what I'm doing and yeah. That even if it doesn't go anywhere that at least hopefully I've helped some people by doing it um that's kind of my intention I guess I think for me uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to interview you personally for this um so the whole series um, as I've explained is about perspectives on the design industry and perspectives on event attendance and um 
the reason I wanted to interview you is because you've gone from being an event attendee to an event provider <laughs> and um and just you know your motivations behind that and I think you know what you've told me about it is, is really beautiful and 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 hopefully um oh thanks <laughs> uh, hopefully people will kind of understand that you know people out there who are putting on the events a lot of you are considering the reason behind it and, and you have a goal and you have a name and it's not just to sell people things or to get you to to buy the next product mm. or whatever you know some some people out there are really trying to build people's confidence and build people's mental health and and, and uh, look at things from a whole different perspective as we move into mm. what I feel like is a new generation in architecture and in interiors and, and that side of the industry. I think a one really powerful thing just to kind of like summarize really for me at least is that actually if you are someone who doesn't really go to events or feels nervous about going along to them you instead should actually go to one with the feeling of what not what you can gain from it but what you can give because I think if you go knowing what you're able to give to people who are are attending i.e like just expertise or something you number one will understand your value because you've actually looked at what you can actually give as something that you have to offer or a value of yours and also actually going to an event with intentions of what you can gain means that you're only going to get short-term um, gains from it really and actually I think that really going with something to give means that you're only going to come out with friendships to be honest with you and I think that that's something that's so powerful because actually your career is actually a massive amount of your lifetime and you've got to ensure that you're spending it with people that you actually like yeah <laughs> at least that's kind of what I think anyway <laughs> I think I, I agree uh, I do I have spent a lot of time avoiding events in the past and just not I mean, I, I'm sure Rachel puts up with me so much in a sense because you've Oh my god, you're great. No, you... you've never you've never not invited me to an event, which is good. Like you I well actually I don't know if you've not invited me to certain events, but um there was there's been long periods of time where I don't attend anything, you know, and uh Rachel will still send me those invitations and say, you know, come along, blah 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 and she doesn't ever give up on me when I'm <laughs> going through periods where I'm antisocial and I don't want to because I like spending time with you, Paris. <laughs> you're obsessed and I'm <laughs> just come Paris please it's because I've got no other friends <laughs> no I'm joking <laughs> um, so yeah I think um you know having having an event buddy or somebody that that you can go with uh can can really help and um like you said perhaps not thinking about what you can gain but maybe what you can give and what you can uh, go there and, and and when you're meeting people what you can provide of yourself to those people um I mean we're talking about mm. it a lot from a networking side uh because I think your your whole mantra is really about connectivity but obviously there are other sides to events you know there's learning there's there's learning about products that are being launched there's the you know um knowledge and ins inspiration from figures and maybe connecting with suppliers that you know or learning about the latest trends and things like that there's so many different reasons you could be attending an event but mm. um obviously we are kind of talking more from a connectivity and an inspirational and a networking point of view um yeah mm. i think uh, uh that's been some sound advice right there uh no i think that's so true so true and i think to be honest with you like 
everyone has value you just go along if you don't like it at least you know you don't like it and like move on there's so many i think it's just there's so many things to do and i think genuinely paris like what you're putting together is amazing because there are so many things that aren't not necessarily even open to other people but you just they're, they're just not marketed in a certain way and maybe people just don't hear about them and mm. at least that's kind of like uh, why i saw the power of a digital platform and kind of something that i've been wanting to launch for a long time because I know what it's like being made redundant and, and maybe questioning your value and whether or not you have anything of worth to show. And uh, and actually, I think attending events often makes you realise how what value that you have. And uh, and I'm so excited to hopefully do some events in the future and when things are a little bit more back to normal and actually also do do more of the digital stuff, which then reach out to everyone and anyone and um, kind of opens it out again, doesn't it, I think? Yeah, so I think um, one of my last got a couple questions left but one of them is in the future what would you like to see in terms of events perhaps like with the format the content the length the price um you know we, we've already discussed the issues with access um you know and you trying to make it a more equitable playing field um so how do you think that will translate in the future and in terms of of what the future events could be like um, if I'm honest with you, this is going to be a complete side note from really what I'm talking about, but um, I want to ensure that trade shows are actually sustainable in regards to the materials that they use and trade shows, I mean, the the vast amount of waste after them, like I just think that that really it's amazing to have tactile events and that actually in the design industry you really do need to touch and feel stuff and yeah. and actually events are so powerful to connect people together but I do think there's a real level of responsibility in that for me at least is something that I think is 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 really uh, and obviously there are a lot of changes and things at the moment and it takes a long time to turn a ship around but I think that um, that for me at least is something that I would really hope uh, becomes the norm. Yeah I, I agree I mean um, I was talking to someone uh, a couple of days ago about Clerkenwell and how uh, the company that she used to work for um, at the end of, of Clerkenwell week they would have you know hundreds of maps and things left over um, all of these kind of aids and printing things and, and it does just generate so much waste and you have all of those things mm. uh, the banners that sit outside of, of the shops and, and the ones that go up in the windows and stuff and and there is a lot of that, um, you know, marketing waste. Sorry to single out Clark and Well. <laughs> you guys might be feeling like, oh, Clark and Well. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but it, it makes it makes sense. I think it's for everything, really. Yeah. And I think that actually everyone has a level of responsibility, whether or not that means that you don't attend things, because actually you're aware of the fact that they don't get rid of the waste in the correct manner and then that ends up kind of forcing people down a path because actually that's what the consumer wants mm -hmm. I think the consumer has quite a big part to play in it because you are the mass that yep. they are marketing themselves to so if the mass changes tax on what they want then obviously the market has to change to that so although obviously it is the responsibility of the of the events as well I think it's also the responsibility of each and every person who's going to event, uh, attend them um, but I'd say that's quite a big thing for me, at least. Um, hopefully there's some significant changes. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's good. We're moving into an era, as I keep saying, I, I just feel the change. I, I, this is this year, um, especially with COVID forcing people to kind of reconsider their digital offerings, uh, where, you know, you may have had companies and practices that didn't want to move into the digital era and they were taking their time maybe to figure it out but COVID's almost jump-started everybody to move into that way of thought 
<laughs> yeah. And um, it means that we have an opportunity to uh, look at, you know, our sustainable life cycles of our events that we're, we're conducting and, um, and just take that, all of that side of things into account. And it's really important, um, you know, to do with climate change and to do with our economy and our ecological responsibility. Um, so I think, you know, it, it, it's definitely something that people who are providing events and like you said, you take on a responsibility as a consumer uh, to push them into the, in the right direction. I think you're, mm. you're totally right. Um, so yeah, I, I think it will be interesting, you know, over the next few years to see how the landscape of events does change. And um, it's nice to know that you, as a person who is kind of mm. uh, becoming an, a, a provider in the industry for in many different ways, that you're thinking of, about that and, and incorporating those practices into your own business. That, that's oh, amazing. thanks. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but no, we will hold you to it no I, th- I think it's just a really I think it's a really powerful thing and I think that every single person is is responsible and everyone um you, you can quite easily turn a blind eye to things but I think that actually um things need to have integrity and and you need to be responsible and whether or not that be um integrity in terms of retaining the brand that you're representing and like for me at least like I never want to lose the fact that I really want people who don't know anybody and are a little bit shy to feel like they can come and I think for me at least that's something that I always want to retain and I want to ensure that people like like myself would still actually come to them because they believe in them and I think that that also transpires into everything else like I mean I don't want to be running an event when there's no environment left (laughs) you know what I mean yeah nobody to send the event to no okay so uh, my last question just to wrap it up um what tips on networking and overcoming obstacles would you recommend from your experience um to the younger designers perhaps in the industry or the people who maybe feel like um even if they've been in the industry a long time perhaps they they don't enjoy you know the, the social side of the industry what what tips and and uh, would you would you recommend I think to be honest like I kind of touched upon it before but I, I just think that you've number one you got to work out like what you want um like go to everything and anything work out what you like for example if you like art but you have no idea or photography and you have no idea what type but you just know you like it you just go to a load of exhibitions because you're interested in it and then you'll slowly work out and educate yourself and work out what it is that you actually like about it and then you'll understand which photographers you like or which artists you like and then you I mean for me at least I went to everything and maybe I don't have as much time to go to everything now and I think to be honest I worked out the things that I found that were missing that I just could not find from anything else so I made my own (laughs) you know what I mean and I think maybe mine's a little bit different but I think that's really powerful I think you've got to know what you're looking for to start with so go to everything and anything and and if you hate something at least you remember that that wasn't interesting to you and and then work go from there and meet some really cool people and then you'll only it'll be much more organic because you'll be invited to stuff and um I don't know you'll you'll end up with like a friendship group you really want to spend time with those friends and that's where they go and that's where you met so you kind of go to more and (laughs) (laughs) that's basically (laughs) the end um no that's great so thank you so much for your time today Rachel um oh thanks love I know we we probably could go on forever because Rachel and I do this thing where we just start talking and never ever stop (laughs) (laughs) I hope people found it interesting
<laughs> I hope they do too. I, I think they will. Um, do you want to just give us any of your social media handles or, um, you know, give us a little uh, what to look out for next, perhaps, perhaps from you yeah. that you've got coming up? Um, thanks ever so much for the little plug. Um, so if you want to follow me, it's um, on Instagram. It's if not now, then underscore when. Uh, I was hoping to get if not now, then when without the underscores, but it just was not possible. So I went for that one, which was which has been great. Um, the website is innTw.co.uk and essentially it's kind of the platform where you can listen to the podcast. Obviously they're on um, Spotify, Apple and Google, but you can see the links through there. And the the new toolkit is kind of the latest thing really is just essentially about teaching people that consistency is the main thing that you need and whether or not that's consistency and believing in yourself or the logistical things like building a website. So basically it's a series of articles um, that really give you just the advice from uh, not just myself, but expertise in the field from my network that have kind of kindly given advice for each one of those parts. Um, and yeah, let's see what 2021 brings, shall we? <laughs> Thanks, dear. <laughs> can't wait thank you so much Rachel for your time and yeah that was Rachel Hymas yeah thank you thank you for listening Rachel has given us some amazing takeaways there and shared with us her wonderful journey from aspiring architect to designer to someone whose aim is to inspire others don't forget her advice about confidently attending events and carrying yourself with something to offer rather than looking for something to gain See you next week for our episode when we'll be talking to three black female designers, Melissa Hanif, Angeline Clark and Nana Biyama Ofosu. We look forward to you tuning in again. Bye.